Welcome to the Unstoppable CEO Podcast with Steve Gordon. Welcome to the Unstoppable CEO Podcast. I'm your host, Steve Gordon, and uh, today we've got, I think, what's going to be one of our best interviews. Um, This one's going to be all about relationship building, and today I'm talking with Sarah Santa Croce. And Sarah is an internationally recognized LinkedIn specialist and uh, really an online presence mentor. She's personally coached over 1,900 entrepreneurs, and she helps them position themselves as experts on LinkedIn so that they get clients with ease. In addition, Sarah's known for helping uh, her fellow introverts market their business authentically and anxiety-free and sell their services and make a difference. And she's the host of the Introvert Business Growth Podcast. Uh, And you may have heard my interview there uh, because uh, she's had me as a guest, and I'm grateful for that. Uh, And she's the founder of the Gentle Business Revolution Movement, and I can't wait to hear all about that. Sarah, welcome to the Unstoppable CEO. I'm so happy to be here. Thanks for having me, Steve. It's nice to be on the other side of the mic. Yeah, I know it's weird, isn't it? When you uh, when you sort of switch roles, I always have yeah. to tell myself, "Wait, I'm not, I'm not the one asking the questions." But today I am, and uh, the first thing that I'd I'd love to learn a little bit more about, and I know everybody listening would love to learn a little bit more about, is your background. Can you tell us a little bit about what got you to this stage of your career? Yeah, so I always start with uh, telling the story about uh, me moving from Switzerland to California because uh, my accent might not give this away, but I'm actually born and raised in Switzerland. And so that's always kind of a, a thing where people remi- remember me uh, by, it's like, yeah, oh, that's the Swiss girl. <laughs> okay, So we moved to California in 2006 when my husband said, uh, um, I'm kind of done with the rainy summers, let's move over there. So I had to quit my day job here. And then uh, after a year of you know being on the playground with the kids, decided to start my own business. And it was in the middle of the boom with social media and all. And so that's what I decided to focus on. And when we moved back to Switzerland in 2010, I made that pivot to really focus in on LinkedIn because by that time, you know, there were quite a bit of social media experts by then. And so I was like, well, it's probably good that I focus on one. And that's how I then, uh, yeah, chose LinkedIn. And it's, a question that I always get is like, why LinkedIn? It's like the most boring one of the social platforms. So why LinkedIn? And I only understood like two years ago or so that it has to do with my introversion. And I actually really feel comfortable on LinkedIn because I don't have to, you know, share selfies of myself uh, (laughs) and my family and what I had for dinner and things like that and can just really focus on business. So I've been, yeah, doing that work with clients on LinkedIn for uh, quite a while. LinkedIn, as you know, has evolved into something that is no longer just focused on, you know, how do I get my next job, but it's really a, a platform to get business, to do both personal branding and be recognized as the expert that you are. Yeah, it really has changed a lot. And, and that's one of the things that I appreciated about LinkedIn really from the beginning was you're right. I didn't have to post what I was having for lunch. And um, I think you and I share that, uh, that, that, you know, for me, personal stuff is personal and I share it with friends, but I don't need to share it with the entire world. And, and I think there's that pressure to do that on some of the other platforms. So, so you started in, in 2006 and um, challenging time 
to begin building a business. Uh, tell, us a, tell us a little bit about that, that process and, and what were some of the things that, that helped you kind of push through as, as you know, challenges popped up? Right. I think, I think if I had to summarize my entrepreneurial journey, it would be like the one word would be pivoting. <laughs> like, it was <laughs> always this, you know, going into one direction. And uh, so when I was in the U.S., I was uh, kind of my focus was strategy, right? I'm going to help uh, my um, clients with social media strategy. And then when we moved back to Switzerland, I noticed, well, here they are still in the ice age when it comes to using social media for business. And so I had to pivot and focus on training. People had to first learn how to use these tools before they were even thinking about strategy. And so I was, you know, working a lot more with giving workshops and training and things like that. And then pivot again from social media, like all the different platforms to only focus in on LinkedIn. So yeah, it has been a lot of um, pivoting and, and adapting to the market as I think every entrepreneur uh, kind of goes through that journey, I guess. Yeah, I think uh, for all of us, there, there's that, there's the myth that you come up with the idea, you know, for the business and you know, you sort of are hard charging and you go, you go out and you build it. And then there's the reality, which yeah. is you come up with the idea and you go out and you put it in front of the, the people who are going to pay you. And they tell you that the idea should be a little bit different than what you thought it should be. And so I th pivots, a, a, I think a fantastic, uh, a fantastic word for how to approach that. Um, Cause so many people get discouraged, you know, they, that's true. You know, they go out and, and what they thought the market really needed um, isn't what, you know, what it needed and, and they don't find the success that they want. And I think they get really discouraged by that. And, and the other thing that I, I see a lot is, you know, people have the idea in their head of this is what I'm going to do. This is the business. This is what the market needs. But then they don't listen. And yeah. I think that's very astute of you to have kind of recognized that transition as you went back to Switzerland. What, what was it that, that landed you on? on training because a lot of people wouldn't have made that shift. Well, it was just really realizing that I couldn't get any clients for strategy that they were asking me, well, how, how do I use these tools? Right. And so here I was, you know, wanting to put them to put together this amazing strategy and, and there were still like at you know, level zero and, and so that's when I realized, well, I just have to go out there and, you know, train in, in like company trainings and workshops, but also just public speaking. Like there was a lot of education to be done. And to be honest with you, Stevie, it was, it was tiring for this introvert, right? Because I had to go like public speaking and do all these events. And yes, I think it, that's definitely what helped me establish the business that I have now. But I'm really glad I don't have to do that anymore because now it's just kind of word of mouth business. And, you know, of course, my own uh, LinkedIn um, outreach, but it's what helped me establish the, the, the reputation in the first place. And so I'm grateful that I had to do this shift and had to go more out there and, and educate on how these tools are used because maybe if I didn't have to do that, then, then today I wouldn't have this word of mouth business. 
You know, it's it's interesting that you say it it took a lot of energy. It was tiring um, to go out there and um you know, you're sort of the standard bearer for all the introverts um, out there. Those of us that, that uh, you know, probably work better one-on-one than in front of a, a big crowd. And, um, you know, that had, to be, that had to be a real challenge to sort of put yourself out there in a, in a business model that didn't necessarily fit your personality. Um, and it, it sounds like now you've completely migrated back to something that is really in, in alignment with the way that you prefer to work. Exactly. Yeah. And, and it was, I got used to it and I actually became really good at it. It's not like on my own show for, uh, on my own podcast for introverts, I noticed that there's 50% around 50% of introverts that are actually really good at public speaking and they don't mind it. They go on stage and they kind of step into this different persona and they're, they're really good. Uh, they have this voice and they have this message and passion that they want to share. Uh, the other 50% is like, oh no, that's not me. I never want to do that. And first I thought that it wasn't me, but then I realized if I'm passionate about the topic and if I'm sharing value, then I don't mind. But don't put me in the spotlight when I'm not prepared, right? Then that's a different story. But if I go up there and talk about the topic that I really know, then it's not a big deal. So, so that was an interesting uh, learning uh, curve for me to actually realize, hey, I, I can actually do this. And so... Um, yeah, so it's just interesting how not every introvert is the same way. Yeah, it's it really is, and and it I think that's important for folks who are listening because I I talked with I talk with business owners all the time who they will describe themselves as being a little bit introverted or not comfortable doing certain types of business development activities, and um, you know a lot of times I I want to challenge that a little bit because I think that that some of it is just really figuring out what it takes to be prepared to go do that and do it well. And they just aren't clear on what that is yet. Um, you know, and they can go and do it well, given the right set of circumstances. Uh, you know, and, and some of these things are, I think are, are important. Um, I want to, I want to find out a little bit about the general business revolution movement. Um, <laughs> because I, we haven't talked about that before in any of our conversations. And I, I'd like for you to tell us a little bit about what that is. Yeah. Yeah. It, I'm actually still working on it. I have this weekend, I, uh, reserved time to write my manifesto because I think that as you can tell, it's, it's a, it's a revolution. So there needs to be some kind of message with it. And the message basically is that I think we need to bring more empathy and kindness to the business world and especially to the marketing world, because that's, the one I know. I'm, I've been in this online marketing world for over 10 years, and I, I, I'm not happy with what I'm seeing. I'm seeing a lot of anxiety being created uh, with the way we use marketing. And by that, I mean like, you know, the six, seven figure hype and the using fear as a tools for marketing, uh, your programs, fear of missing out. Um, so, so, it's just not healthy anymore how some gurus out there are using marketing. And I think that's why we need to come up with a paradigm shift where we make marketing healthy again. Like it, it's, it's become this thing where we have so much technology that we moved away from the human connection. 
And I think it's time that we go back to the human connection. And, and I talk about that uh, in LinkedIn as well, because some of my uh, colleagues or competitors, whatever you want to call them, they're all about, you know, the lead generation machines and how to use these automations and third party tools. And how can we get a thousand leads per day? Well, that's definitely not my approach because I'm in the human business and so are you, Steve. And I just don't think that you can, uh, you know, really get quality clients if you approach them with this automized, uh, you know, way to generate leads. So um, that's what the gentle business revolution is all about, to bring the human touch back into business, back into marketing. Yeah, I, I love that. I think it's, I think it's so important. Um, you know, a lot of what is, is shared out there is about how do I get overnight success? And right. um, it's, it is such a, a, a compelling and tempting offer. You know, you want, you want to believe that it's possible. And of course, there are enough examples, you know, so anyone who is selling that can trot out, you know, a few examples of when it worked. Um, but most of the time, it's it's not so much, I find anyway, it's, it's not so much about the method that is being used to market, right. but it's about how well that business really understands who they're trying to serve and sell to and how closely what it is that they're selling matches, you know? So for example, in, in your pivot that you, you described to us, when you, you moved back to Switzerland, you knew who you were selling to, but the thing that you were trying to sell didn't match what they wanted or needed. Right. And so it didn't work. The minute you change that and you match the two up, now everything works. And, and a, a lot of times I think when, when people are selling the, you know, let's get a thousand leads a day with this automated tool and all of this other stuff. And, you know, you'll have, you know, clients paying you when, when you sleep. I, I really think what they ignore there is the, the fundamental truth that you have to have a really tight match between who you're selling to and what you're trying to sell them. And the, and, and the judge of that, you're not the judge of that. The judge of that is the person buying it, right? right. Uh, and, and so, I, but it's so easy for business owners to get distracted, yeah. And, and yeah. And like you said, tempted, right? Tempted yeah. to believe these, these success stories that we're all being bombarded with. And like you said, these success stories, yes, they do exist, but you know, out of a thousand clients, maybe they're, you know, three or four. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so it, it's just, it's just fake to sell us always the ones that work and not show that there's real work be behind and uh, you know the, the, yeah like, like getting uh, getting a reputation takes work it doesn't just happen overnight so yeah. absolutely absolutely well, I, I want to take a quick break I want to come back and I want to dive more into relationship building but specifically how you approach it on LinkedIn because your approach is very different than a lot of what folks are seeing out there. And I think it's important that they hear it. Um, and so we'll take a quick break. We'll be right back with more from Sarah. Hi, this is Steve. I hope you're enjoying this interview. We've got more to come in a minute, but what I'd love for you to do right now is rate this podcast, leave us a review, rate us on iTunes. It'll really help others discover the podcast and help us help other CEOs, other business leaders become unstoppable. So if you go to unstoppableceo.net, forward slash iTunes, 
You can find instructions there and links that will take you right to where you need to go to review the podcast. Thanks so much. Now back to the interview. Hey everyone, this is Steve Gordon. Welcome back. I'm talking with Sarah Santa Croce and, and uh, Sarah, we left off talking about relationship and, and uh, the gentle business revolution. And I want to pivot now to use your word. We're going to pivot the interview. And <laughs> I, I want to talk a little bit now about how you're using LinkedIn to build, to build real and authentic relationships that will support doing business. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let's, where should we get started? I think we need to start with the profile because that's what most people know LinkedIn uh, for, right? It's like, oh, I have a profile. Okay. But let's look at this profile. Does that really represent who you are and what you do and how you can help your client? Because when the person comes to your LinkedIn profile, you connect with them. Well, the first thing they're going to look at is that profile. And that's really, I often refer to it as a mini website. So it's much more than just this, you know, resume or online CV. It's really where you're going to be using uh, storytelling techniques to really share with your ideal client. And again, this, this notion of knowing who it is you're working with is so important here. And that's what needs to really be shown on the, the profile so that your ideal client comes to your profile and immediately they're like, wow, Steve really gets me. He, you know, he's been where I was and, and I need to work with this guy. So I think a lot of people underestimate the power of the, of the profile itself. Um, I had to look at your profile, Steve, and obviously you're, you're, I have done a great job. It really, it really speaks to the reader and you engage with the reader. And so I encourage uh, your listeners to, to go have a look uh, at, at your profile because I think you've, you've done a, an amazing job on it. Well, thank you. And, and I'll tell you, it, there's so there's so much out there that will tell you to go down a a path that I, I think overhypes things and and is too kind of sales forward. It's not that we don't want to sell. I mean, I, I love selling just as much as the next person. I I, I like maybe not the process as much as I do closing the sale. But um, you know, we've struggled with that over the years. Where you know, I've had versions of that profile that. I look back and go, boy, I, yeah, that wasn't the best way to do it. And, um, right. you know, and so I think it's an evolution and it's something you need to keep looking at. Yeah. And you really need to bring more of yourself to it as well. Uh, I see a lot of CEOs making the mistake of using it as your company profile. So it, I come to your profile, yes, because I'm interested in what you have to offer as service or products, but mostly because I want to know about Steve, right? And so it's really, there's a huge difference between the LinkedIn company page and the, the LinkedIn profile, which is your profile. So it needs, it needs to talk about you um, as the CEO of your company. 
So it's, it's a mix of bringing in the I and the we, um, because if you're only talking about in the we form, then I feel like that there's this distance and I don't really feel connected to you. And that's super important when uh, you want to build relationships, right? If it's kind of like this, this, yeah, this corporation, well, there's not going to be this um, closeness where if you're speaking in the first person, and you're saying that, you know, as the CEO of this and this company, uh, our values are blah, 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 our mission is this. So it really, you're telling the story of you being the CEO of the company. Yeah, I think that's, that's a fantastic tip. So once we've, we've sort of looked at our profile and gotten that tuned up and, and, um, and really improved, What's the next thing that we should be thinking about in terms of building relationships? Mm. So the, the three steps I share with my clients to get clients on LinkedIn or to position yourself as an expert are really like we talked about the first one, the profile, and then there are basically two parallel steps. One is providing interesting, valuable content to your connections. That's how you position yourself as the expert. And that's how you get inbound uh, leads, if you want to call them leads, right? Because we're in this show me era, and we're no longer just tell me. So now we've done the tell me on, on your profile, we've covered the tell me, you told me basically that you're the expert, right? But now I want to actually Oh, I want you to show me. And so that's where the content comes in. So if you're not engaging and sharing content on, uh, on with, your, with your connections, then I can never make, make my own opinion about uh, you, whether I think you're an expert or not. So that's, that's uh, st- one uh, step is, is the, really the content. And the other uh, step is to, well, to, to actually add relevant connections to your LinkedIn network. Um, uh, What I often hear is people saying, yeah, but I don't see any interesting uh, things or content in my newsfeed. There's like, I have, I must have the wrong connections. And yeah, of course, if you basically just you know, have people in your network that are not your ideal clients, well then clearly you're not going to see interesting content and your content is not going to be exposed to your ideal client. So it's all about adding relevant connections. And the way you do that, there's several ways. Obviously you can use, combine the offline world. So networking events with the online world. So meaning you follow up uh, after a networking event, you invite everybody you met on LinkedIn, always customizing the invitation. So saying, Hey, it was nice meeting you at this event. Let's keep in touch. Um, So that's one way. The other way is actually using the LinkedIn database for what it was built for. So LinkedIn uh, created this, uh, this platform for recruiters who uh, were going to use it to find ideal candidates for job positions that they need to fill. And so the way they use it is they enter keywords in order to find matches for those keywords. 
That's how the recruiters uh, still today use LinkedIn. Well, it's the same thing if you're, uh, you're an entrepreneur, you're a CEO, you're going to use keywords in order to find matches to your ideal client descriptions. So you're going to use, uh, if you're using the free version, you can use the search bar at the top left. And so let's say if you're, um, you know, working with HR uh, directors, well, you're going to put an HR director in the search bar at the top left. And then LinkedIn will literally spit out a list of profiles that have the title HR director in, in, in the title or in the summary or in the experience sections. And then that's where the relationship building starts. So rather than just inviting them with a default connection, you will have to customize this um, connection request and um, you know, send something um, that obviously you're not going to say, hey, can we connect because I want to sell you my services, but something that um, uh, breaks the ice, something uh, that you see that you have in common something um, like, you know, I see that we have uh, these common connections, or it could even be that you like heard them on a podcast, like, you know, hint, hint. Um, so, so find something that you can put into that invitation to connect that starts a conversation because that's what we want. We want to have conversations on LinkedIn. Yeah. And I think um, so all, all good advice. I, I wish, half the people who tried to reach out and connect with me would take your advice and right. not just send me a connection request that said, Hey, I'd like to connect with you so I could sell you something. Cause I do get those. They don't word it like that, but usually it comes with some kind of a pitch. Right. Uh, don't, don't do that. If you're listening. Yeah. Yeah. That would, Sarah yeah. would not approve. Uh, <laughs> and Steve would not approve either. I think. No. And I, so this, this idea of a conversation to me is, um, is really interesting. It's something that I've been doing a lot of, of, of thinking about, and we've been doing a lot of testing with, um, not just on social media and other places as well, but I, I really think these tools provide such a unique opportunity to, to literally enter into a conversation of back and forth. So right. talk to us a little bit about how you get that going once you've made a connection with somebody that, that might look like a, a good prospect. Right. So, so again, you're not going to go in there with a pitch. You're just going to, um, for example, say, hey, I, I've come across your profile. I saw that you commented on this and this post. Looks like we have a common interest in this and this topic. Are you open to connect? And so, you know, already when they see that customized invitation, there's a better chance that a, they will connect, they will actually accept your invitation to connect, and B, uh, oftentimes they, they answer because they're like, oh, this is different, this is not the usual pitch or the usual default uh, invitation to connect. And so that's where you're just going to use your, your common like small talk skills that you would, you know, ev everything you would also do in a networking event. Um, i give you an example. I connect with someone uh, who lives in Toronto, uh, Canada, and, you know, my in-laws are over there. I'm like, oh, it looks like you're in, you're in Toronto. Uh, that's where my in-laws are. And then, you know, back and forth. The, it really, LinkedIn has done a great job I think it was about two years ago where they changed that way um, the messenger worked before, before we had this really cumbersome 
way of, of it, it was almost like an email. The messenger uh, box was almost like you always had to start from scratch and say, dear Steve, blah, blah, blah. And now it's more like, you know, any of the other messengers we know from Facebook or, or WhatsApp or whatever messenger where you can see the conversation. And so it's really just a back and forth. And next thing you know, you have established uh, you know, uh, as a, at least a beginning of a conversation. And then it's, it's up to you to build it. And it's up to you to, you know, make sure that you go and comment on this ideal client's post when he posts something. And then, you know, maybe you want to even go back and, and send them a private message again. Hey, really good you know, comment on this and this uh, topic. So it's really like you would, build a, a, a relationship with any other person that you know offline. Absolutely. And, and one of the things that I, I think is, is even underutilized is this, people want to go too far, you know, and, and so they want to go and sort of get their whole message across in like one message. Yeah. You know, and you get these like uh. 10 paragraph messages, right? And you go, I don't even have time to read that. Uh, but one of the keys we've, uh, as we've experimented with this, that we found is just by asking a very simple, easy to answer question and, right. and getting that back and forth going, because there's a momentum to a conversation, I think. Right. And if you can get a few exchanges going back and forth, it's, if your ultimate goal is to say, take that conversation off of LinkedIn, right. where you can have, you know, a little bit stronger relationship, maybe by, uh, you know, talking on the phone. Once you've had a little bit of back and forth and it doesn't take, you know, weeks of that, you know, three or four exchanges, it's easy to say, hey, you know, would you be open to connecting by phone? I, this seems really interesting, but it's kind of cumbersome to go back and forth here. Um, you know, people are open to that and they'll take 10 or 15 minutes and now you've advanced it to the next level. And I think um, a lot of times people want to jump too far too fast instead of yeah. taking these little incremental steps in the relationship. That is such an important point. Um, I think, and, and I, I would have definitely, that would have been my next thing to say is like, yeah, you, you always want to take it off LinkedIn, right? That, that is your ultimate goal. But if you go in there and immediately say, Hey, uh, nice to connect with you. I would love to jump on a call to, you know, get to know you. Well, that might work with some people who are like, you know, rather new to LinkedIn or don't have a lot of business or don't have a lot. Like I could never just jump on a call with everybody that I, you know, just connected with on LinkedIn. However, if you're taking it slow and that like there's this, like you said, momentum building, it's another thing because you're actually investing into a, a relationship rather than just like going why does he want to do like, I'm sure he wants to sell me something if he just wants to jump on a call right after right. we connected. Of course. Right. So as you're coaching your clients through this, what are some of the ways that, that you kind of help them understand when is the right time to try and take it off LinkedIn and how, how do you find um, doing that? What's the best way to approach it? Um, as I said, I, I think it, it's, there's no, like, I don't share this recipe where it's like, okay, after three exchanges, you can, you know, take it offline. Um, because I think we intuitively know when it's time. 
And the less rules we actually put out there, the more natural it's going to feel. And, and the less, the, yeah, the, the, the person will feel like uh, you're selling or you're trying to sell. So it, it's, I don't, I don't have a recipe. I used to actually, Steve, to be honest with you, I used to. And I just found that that's not working. Um, maybe it's just not working for me and my clients because, you know, a lot of us are introverts. And so there's a higher... I don't know that the filter is somehow higher where we feel like we're being sold to. And so I, I noticed if I just let go of that recipe of oh, three exchanges and then you can ask to get on a call, it, it just started to work much better to just let it go and see how many exchanges. And, and the other thing I would say is the one thing that is different uh, about LinkedIn from Facebook or, or any of the other platforms is the sales cycle by default is shorter because we are all in a business mindset. So if there is an interest from the other person, they will actually say, yes, of, of course, I want to get on a call with you. So it is much shorter, the sales cycle, because we're not just here to, you know, have a good time and, or like on Facebook, just find friends and where everything is mixed in on Facebook, right? Friends, friends, family, et cetera. We are all on LinkedIn for business. So if there's an interest, the, the, the jump to the um, Zoom call or phone call is, is much faster than anywhere else. Yeah, I, I could imagine that it is. And, um, and so as, as folks are beginning to think about doing some of this, I can think already there are two objections that, that are going to come up and you've probably heard them before, right? So the, the first would be, well, it seems like this would take a lot of time. And, right. um, and, and the second I think would be maybe at a higher level, you know, don't I need, you know, thousands of, of connections and, and all of these people to, to make this work. And so I'm interested to hear your thoughts on, on both of those. And I'm sure you've heard them before. Yeah. Um, yes, it does take time, but everything that's worth it takes time. And so I basically would tell people who are not willing to invest the time in building relationships that A, I'm the wrong person for them. And B, if they have seen results with cold calling or cold emailing, then maybe just stick with that. But a lot of times these people come to me because they uh, don't see any results with those uh, techniques. And so it's like, well, you know, there's just no, there's no fast tracking, uh, building a reputation or, or relationships. So that would be the first answer. And the second um, answer, I forgot the question. Can you repeat it? Well, I, yeah. So I think, um, you know, a lot of people have this perception that they need thousands and thousands of, ah, yeah. of connections to, to make all of this work for them. Right. Um, which obviously takes even more time to maintain all that and to get the connections and communicate with them all. Right. Yeah. Um, so it depends. Of course, if you're, uh, you know, like a life coach or, I don't know, a jewelry maker or some, someone who is basically selling these 
really small packages for like a hundred bucks per hour or something like that, then yes, you would need thousands and thousands of clients to, to fill uh, your pipeline. Um, I don't do my best work with those uh, type of clients um, because it takes a lot of time. And so the return on investment needs to be worth it. So usually my clients, you know, they charge, uh, you know, much bigger amounts. And so if you're talking about 50, 60, $70,000 per mandate, well, then are you willing to, you know, spend a couple of minutes per day, maybe 10, 15 minutes per day to build these relationships? Well, it's a different story, right? So LinkedIn, um, it does take time and it's, it's definitely not for everyone, I'd say. Well, uh, you know, I, I think, um, I think that's, that's well put is that, you know, for those of us who are selling services that are at a high price, um, compared to the size of the opportunity you have, um, it's, it is a very efficient way to build these relationships. Uh, and, um, and if you've got a process and a system, it doesn't have to, you know, it doesn't have to take hours and hours, um, every week to be, to be able to do this. So, uh, Sarah, and I want to just I want to just yeah, correct the the numbers because I I, I was you know saying fifty thousand dollars for for a mandate for me uh, it it's as long as you can charge three thousand dollars per new client then it starts to be worth it so that's that's where I kind of make the cut it's like if sure. you can charge a three thousand dollar package or maybe it's a retainer and you know the the overall return on uh, on the client is three thousand then then it's worth uh, investing some time into that relationship absolutely and and compared to the other ways that you're going to attract that client everything costs yeah uh, yeah, no matter, yeah no matter how you do it it costs something it's either going to cost you time which is valuable mm-hmm. um, or it's going to cost you money and yeah. so Get, getting in front of clients, no matter how you do it, has is, is got a, an but That's the thing, right? That's why we need this marketing paradigm shift is people want the fast, uh, the, the fast route. They always want fast results. Oh, it's okay. I'll pay for the fast results, but I just want clients now. So um, I think we need to just go back to basics and understand that if you want a sustainable business, one that survives you know, not just tomorrow, but for the next 10, 20 years, well, then relationships is the only way. Yeah, absolutely. And I I would imagine you get clients who have tried a lot of those fast, you know, fast success methods and didn't find success with them. And then they kind of come to you and say, look, I need something different. They do, but those are the ones who are actually hard to convince. <laughs> are they really? Because they're like, what do you mean? Really? Uh, you know, can I just pay for it? Right. And, and so I say, well, you can go to my colleague, my competitors. They, they have this automated system and, you know, maybe that works for you. But um, yeah, usually those are not the, the ones I do my best work with. Yeah, understood. Well, Sarah, this has been uh, a lot of fun and and a fascinating conversation. Uh, Tell everyone who's listening how they can find out more about you and and the work you're doing. Yeah, they can go to my website, sarasenacroce.com. You'll put the link in the show notes because my last name is always hard to to figure out. And otherwise, just connect with me on LinkedIn, sending me a customized invitation. So I'd love to connect there. 
Absolutely. And uh, I recommend anybody listening, uh, if you're using LinkedIn at all or want to use LinkedIn, uh, definitely go and, and learn from Sarah. She's got great, uh, great information and a great approach to this. And uh, check out her podcast, Introvert Biz Growth. Uh, it's a great podcast and lots of interesting guests. And uh, I, uh, I'm humbled that I was one of them. And so, Sarah, great to connect with you again. Thanks for being a guest on the Unstoppable CEO podcast. Thanks so much. I loved our conversation, Steve. This episode of the Unstoppable CEO podcast is sponsored by the Unstoppable Agency. That is the agency part of our business where we work with professional service firms and create a done-for-you marketing program. And what that looks like is we actually sit down with you. We come together and define your ideal client with you. We go build a list of those people, and then we begin reaching out to them on your behalf to book them as guests on your podcast. We call it podcast prospecting, and it's a fantastic way to connect with potential clients and influencers that can refer you, and it's end-to-end a done-for-you system. And so if that's something that you think might be the right fit for your business, go to our website, go to unstoppableceo.net. You can uh, find there on the homepage a link to a video presentation that explains how it all works. And if you'd like, let's get together and have a quick 20-minute conversation and see if we're a fit. Again, that's at unstoppableceo.net. Right on the homepage, look for a link to the video that explains how it all works.